This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Blue Monday podcast. We are deep in the midst of traveling around the UK. Every single championship team is going to get previewed. We are on podcast number three. This is going to be team 13 to 16. Harry, where, where have we been? We've been everywhere. Good morning, by the way. Hello, everyone. Hi, Ben. Um, we've been, well, northeast. We started Middlesbrough Hull through Sheffield, through Yorkshire, Leeds, um, Rotherham, across through Lancashire. Um, we've done Wigan, Bolton and uh, uh, Preston. Yes, Preston. And then we've then covered Stoke, um, Nottingham Forest and Frank Lampard's Derby. And uh, today we head down to the West Midlands where we're going to look at the three um, the, the, the three teams for whom money might be, might be quite a big team. And then down along the M4 corridor where we're going to take in Swansea, uh, Bristol City and Reading, all being well. So first off, we are going to the Holt, Trinity Road. We're going to Aston Villa. Um, Everybody said if they don't get up last season, this is going to be a disaster. And they didn't um, they didn't take their time in. <laughs> it felt like literally the they lost the playoff game and then all the stories came out the very next day about yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Wyness, the chief exec and Dr. Tony and how much money he had. Um, yeah, let's let's do we do the money thing first or do you want to do the football thing first? Let's do the money thing first, Harry. Well, well the, the money thing feeds in and um, because you have that the Tom Kearney goal at Wembley killed them. I reckon it's abs- it was a it was a historically significant goal even well in the, in the in, in in certainly in recent terms because it's it's changed everything. Um their failure to get back back up meant that they were mainly because of their wage bill it had a knock on effect in terms of financial fair play with reduced parachute payments etc. Um they had a then the what came out next was the missed 4 million pound HMRC payment which has since been resolved which then also brought to light the fact that the owner who is financially he's very you know he's a wealthy man but he he's not able to bring his money across into the UK there are rules about how much I think he can take out of China which meant that they suddenly had a cash problem and they have brought in new investment but um the thing that all of this has cost them is time and if they could have one of Harry Potter's time turners. I think that would be, they could spin the, everything back to May with where they are now. That would then give them the time to actually put their house in order, make all the signings that they need. But they, here we are now suddenly what early, early August and um, they're, they're up against the clock. And it did remind me a little bit of Paul Jewell's final season at Ipswich. I know different, different circumstances where you're, where, um, there was lots of excitement about signings that were going to come. Then there was radio silence. And in the end, there was a trolley dash and a few last minute low knees come in just to patch up things. Now, different background circumstances, but it looks like the outcome is going to be the same. In terms of on the footballing front, um, 
they extended Alan Hutton's contract for um, by one year. And last night I saw the news break that they finally, they've got a keeper in, um, Portugal under-21 international Andre Moreira from Atletico Madrid on a season-long loan. So that's, that, that's the full extent of their rebuild, having having missed out on the playoffs. And um, it's, it, it's you know, the, 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 the problems they've got it's structurally within the squad, it lacks balance and that will ripple through certainly the first half of the season if they can't do something quickly in the transfer market. Harry, when I saw all this breaking, I was like, oh my God, they're screwed. Here comes a, here comes a fire sale. They're the new Portsmouth or what have you. This is going to be an absolute disaster. Um, are they, are they kind of safe-ish now? Um, I mean, we're not going to see Grealish go for four million, or um, you know, massively under some undervalued thing. Are they? Are they okay? Have you say these investors? That always worries me a little bit when um, when a company or someone needs money quickly because the yeah. investors must have got a very advantageous deal given you know the the situation Doctor Doctor Tony was in. They're not going to be another Portsmouth for. Um, leads that first time then I'd be, I'd be surprised if they are I think there's enough stability within the squad certainly for this coming year to if the if with, with if they have got financial backing I don't think there's a threat of administration for example which would you know certainly the way the fans are talking there's no certainly reading the forums there's no sense of a wolf being at the door but what it has done is just majorly disrupted their plans so it could be a hiatus you we could be looking at a leads type scenario now i know leads did drop down to league one a long time ago but it could well be that they they end that the outcome the ultimate outcome is that they end up being a bit like leeds or sheffield wednesday a very big team but conscious constantly now up against it because they've lost fundamentally they've lost the playoff uh, the parachute money, I should say, yeah. from that playoff final defeat. The parachute money, I think, is the thing. With that now gone, they're they're battling, you know, because we know that's the big uneven, uneven playing field in the championship. Mm-hmm. They're now in with the rest of us, yep. I think. But ra- ra- rather that than a Sunderland, I would say. Um, football yeah. wise, yeah, we talked about uh, Borough um, on the first podcast and. The idea that Pulis was too conservative in the um, in the playoffs was Bruce the same, or was it just an exceptional Fulham team that had been, um, you know, practicing this art of strangulation for two years? When when you mentioned the word Borough, I knew straight away where we were going. <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> no, um, there is ju- just as equally as Pulis is viewed with suspicion by Borough fans. I think it's actually gone a stage further with Bruce with um, Villa fans. Um, um, one of them just said tactics with a question mark. Um, they, they they have serious doubts about the model of football they're playing. Um, and it's... Bruce has gone back in pre-season. It'll be interesting to see if he keeps this up when the campaign actually starts. He's gone back to 3-5-2, which was a system he used when he was at Hull um uh when he took Hull up they they remodeled i remember they had um uh Robbie uh, uh, uh what's his name Keane um from the Irish my brain should my Michael brain has gone uh Keane from the uh no not Michael Keane um uh Robbie Brady sorry Robbie Brady, yes. Am I, the, the, all these names are kind of conflating on my head. It was Robbie Brady they had, and he played. He played out on one. He he was basically one of the wider midfield players. But the three-five-two shape they had, it gave them balance, and it gave them a platform on which they were able to launch a fairly decent. Um, you know, well, they got to the playoffs and won. Well, Harry won as well. If I'm if I'm again. if I'm Grealish and I'm Villa's best player, and I look at that whole team. Who was the big African guy who went to Newcastle who played in behind the front? Okay, I think it was Modiami actually who went from Hull to Newcastle, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, you could see Grealish playing in a very similar role for, um, for for Villa in the coming season. But the problem the, they the, the problem with three five two for Villa is that Villa fans say to play three five two effectively you need energy and fluidity, and 
their team is too static. Mm-hmm. Couple that with the fact that Bruce has been playing players out of position. In one preseason game against West Ham, one of their one of their fans summed it up. The back five was right back, right back, right back, <laughs> right back, left back. And in one of the in, in, and in a, one of the their one of their more recent preseason friendlies, they had um, it was against uh, Dinamo Dresden. They had El Mahamedi playing out on as a right wing back. They had Yedinak in the middle of the back three. Now I think Hodger was injured, but they had Andre Green and um, Adoma playing up front. Now they're both wingers; they're not strikers. Grealish was in behind them, and you had Bjarnason and Whelan in behind them, and you had Hutton, who's probably more of a full back as as a wing back. The other problem was it was too defensive because the two wide wing backs were both primarily defenders rather than often when you play with wing backs it's an idea to have one who's probably a more of a sitter and one who's more of a winger as it were but they they felt that with the back five with Yedinak sitting in the middle with Bjarnason and Whelan they were effectively playing with a back set with the back seven and then leaving the three up front the balance was to a defensive static and um, they there's a lack of confidence they don't trust um steve bruce tactically they just feel that he isn't the man to kind of reconfigure what they've got and and take them up is there um, some is there some parallels harry with derby when you're reading through those players and you know we spoke about derby maybe maybe moving on from johnson and huddleston uh, carson keogh these long in the tooth highly paid ex-premier league players when you were reading through some of those Villa players, you know, people like Glenn Whelan and El Mohamedy. Is there, is there a bit of a sense that now it hasn't made it that they might need some kind of revamp yeah. there? Yeah, you, exactly. These guys were brought in to do a job. Terry was in the same cohort. They were brought in, get them up, rebuild in the Premier League, and push on. Now that that hasn't happened, the team is actually when you when you when we're just chatting about it now, it becomes evident that this squad that's in need of a rebuild and even if they now have the money they, they just don't have the time to do it so they're going, they you know most of them now are accepting that um this is you know that they're, they're not going to get there we won't have depth they do feel that there is the guts of a team there but it does need it does need a rebuild who um who we can fill the gaps with is so important it's one of the other comments they said they can't see the season being stable they're not going to do a sunderland there's nothing alarming in that sense but the re- basically they've lost time it goes back to what I said at the beginning they really have lost time one other thing which hasn't helped is the silence because I mean and that goes back to what I was saying about the final season with Jewel with us we didn't know what was going on I remember that there was this oh we're going to get so and so I think him and Clegg were wheeling and dealing and we were hearing names were being thrown out and then nothing would be heard and then suddenly oh we're getting so and so on loan at the last minute Sonko or whoever it would be, would be. Um, and the sense is that there's um that they they they, they 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 the fans really feel as if they're being kept they're being kept in the dark but um interestingly on Grealish, um the, 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 there's no kind of alarm bells because it has been silent they were saying well if they don't go up a bit like um Traore at Borough they were saying oh he's going to be gone in the morning Grealish is still there at the moment that could be a problem as well because um, will they actually, given that we're so close to deadline day, you know, that's now looming, go back to the time thing, can they now, you know, are they prepared to say, no, look, we're not going to get rid of Grealish, we'll consolidate with what we've got, and then we'll 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 have a look next summer. I think um, there's a bit of a sense, probably do the rebuild. Harry, with Grealish, though, as well, that um, a lot of people have probably looked at him and they, there's a sense that he's some kind of gamble. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. Unless he's yeah. at Villa where he's in his hometown and he's you know, forgiven yeah. any anything he does, you know, that he's yeah. he's some kind of gamble. So I, I think that might be the case. Do, do, you, do you see just quickly a little bit of a sense that they've either stood still or moved slightly backwards while a lot of other teams are, are moving forward as well? Yeah. Going back to the pro- progress narrative we were talking about with all those other smaller teams with less money, um, yes. No question. In that sense, well, there is that thing. If you stand still, you're effectively going backwards um, because other teams are pushing forward. And I think that definitely is the case with Villa. They've, um, they, it's, it's, it's two things. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the playoff defeat and the money. But then also on top of that, they've effectively lost the parachute money and they've lost a transfer window on top of that. Absolutely right. Let's go to the other side of the city then, Harry. We're going to. Birmingham, who um, 
I don't want to. I don't want to libel any any namesake know, friends of. I know. Go of on. Yours, I know who you're going to mention. Have they been harried, and are they on their? Are they on their? On, are they on their way out of it? Because we. I spoke to Tom Heslop, the Birmingham blogger, at the start of last season, and um, yeah, lots of optimism. You know, managed to get a couple of Brentford players on very high wages, and I jokingly said to him. Will Harry Redknapp be here when you play us in the in the second game? And um, I think I think we all kind of knew the answer was going to be no. And talking about lost time, they basically lost a lost lost a whole season last year. Where where did Birmingham stand? And they're embargoed as well now, aren't they? Effectively, yeah, they are. And again, a bit like with Villa, the fans, do, the, the club tried to keep the uh, lid on the embargo story. When I was on their site last week, it was, um, you know, they, do, they didn't know if they were embargoed. But subsequent to that, then the um, the BBC ran a story to say that, in fact, yeah, they were, you know, they were they had financial handcuffs on them. Um, one of my absolute beliefs, we talked about this in some of the earlier podcasts, is how owners fundamentally can be the people who relegate clubs. Sometimes a club won't be big enough like Burton or Oval, but sometimes it's owners. And two seasons ago, well, last, well, 14 months ago, that last, when we played Forest on the last day of the season, you had Forest, Blackburn and Birmingham all scrambling to get out of that final relegation spot. And Harry was obviously rescued Birmingham that day. And uh, Harry Redknapp. And Looking back, you could look at each of the way those three clubs were managed, oh, how the owners actually managed them, and you could see how that directly fed in to what they were suddenly having to go through on that final day of the season. And um, obviously, Redknapp, he rescued them. And then um, there was part of the problem again. I remember them talking about in their opening game of the season last year, they had something like eight debutants. So again, they, you know, harried, obviously there'd been a decision, the owners had said, oh, we don't want to spend any money. And then it was suddenly reaching a point, how much of this is on Redknapp? And these were owners who'd obviously brought Zola in, you've got to remember that. How much of it was the owners not understanding that actually this all needs to be planned in May, or this, all, <laughs> in fact, pre- pre-season needs to be planned in it March. It sounds ridiculous you know, when you say it, it though, and yeah, we're just yeah. laymen. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a business. You need, you know, you need players. Can we not? You know, you need to sit down. I remember Mick once saying that you know all the preseason work is done before you know before preseason. You know, you 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 know you've got to you've got to line up. You know, have a strategy, have some concept of what it is you're trying to achieve, and then you go to the market with a you know you've got your priorities worked out. Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's easy to blame Harry, you know, and you could say, well, there's Portsmouth, there's QPR, you know, it's, is it all just him? But I think I think you've got to look at the owners as well on this. Harry was obviously desperate to get players in and, you know, they raided a load out of Brentford, for example. I think they, you know, they took at least two or, I think it was a two or three out of there. Um, so where are we? They did bring in one player and I still don't know if he's actually been registered. Christian Pedersen, the left back, they got him from Union Berlin, six foot two, a Danish, uh, uh, Danish player. Very popular in pre-season. He's the one addition that they have been able to make. But um, he's um, and but even still, I'm not sure if he's if he's if he's available. They have got some players sitting who haven't featured in pre-season, sort of sitting on the wage bill. And that um, you've got people like Stockdale and Goal, Jonathan Grounds, the defender, Diego Fabrini. Um, all they're all still there. And I think if they could if they could see them at the door might actually free things up the other thing that they you know it's 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 nothing ever seems to go for they never they can't catch a break um jack butland if he'd been sold because stoke said that it was unlikely he was going to go they would get 20 percent of anything over the 3.5 million stroke paid for him so wow. if butland had gone well you know that that's five million if he goes for 30 say for, for argument's sake, that's that you know that's that's a midfield problem sorted out for them but they they haven't even got that um, so, um, I was going to say, Harry. Um, Football-wise, um, yeah. I went to the I went to see Birmingham play Ipswich. I wasn't I wasn't blown away. I just felt that Monk got it all organised, got everything kind of calmed down. Yeah. And yeah. I was really impressed with um, with the Birmingham fans' attitude to this. I remember at the back end of last yeah. season, they took four thousand supporters to Bolton. It was like they really really got up for this relegation um, relegation fight. And I always say, um, in relegation fights, the teams down there are so terrible that two wins, even two wins in like six games, 
Yeah. Flies you up the table, doesn't it? And I think he won. Does, a, yeah. He, he he won a few games. Um, what, what are your views on Monk, and what have you what have you found out there? Yeah, you've, you've absolutely nailed it, Ben. I, I think he's. They are battle hardened. <laughs> they really are. I mean, you know, it's so many last day escapes, so many heroic, you know, her, 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 uh, heroic um, Aprils and Mays. They they trust Monk. They really trust him because what Monk did when he came in was he built a team out of what he had. He looked at what they've got. Now, they've been playing 4-4-2. He realized, I've got Jutkowicz, I've got Shea Adams up front. We've got Hotta who can play on one wing. They've got Maghoma who can play on another wing. So let's play with wingers and two up front. Now, against us, they won 1-0, but the re- they were it, Mick was... Mick tactically got it wrong because what he actually did was he battened down the hatches in midfield and they nipped in around the back door. If you remember the game, they scored a goal from a, a move that came from out wide. I think it was a Maghoma set it up. Uh, it was a penalty. Yeah. It, it was a penalty, but the build up to the penalty was a um, that's a right. Switch it was, a, it was again. For, yeah. It was a, yeah. It was a switching across. So they. Yeah, but and so their game, but what, Harry, their game management was very good at the end of that because they realised. Oh yeah. Um, if we just sit here yeah. now. Uh, we can shut this down, and yeah. they shut down from about 65 minutes. So I, I, is, I think yeah. I think Monk um, is slightly more sophisticated than some other Championship managers. No, I'd, I'd agree. They absolutely trust him, and he's you know given that he's got the bare, he literally has the bare bones of a squad. I mean, they've got Colin, Maxime Colin, Morrison, Harley Dean, and then Pedersen. Morrison's uh, a good on- player, Harry. He is. He's a, no. He is. He's a very. He's a very decent player. He's in terms that they have a spine. Um, their their big concern, I think, they've got Gardner and Keeftonveld in the middle. If they could strengthen anywhere, they would. I think it would be in the, in midfield. If they could, you know, if if because they've let go a few midfielders. Andrew Shane, he's he's now gone. He's um, Jason Lowe went to Bolton. I think that's where they, if they could, Teshe's gone back to Bochum and uh, gone back to gone back to the Bundesliga. So he was in his thirties now. So I think. That's the one area that they could strengthen. But he's got a good rudimentary 4-4-2 up and running. They're playing, despite having Stockdale and Kushak on the books, they've got a, a goalkeeper called um, Connell Truman, if I'm not mistaken. The Truman Show is what the hell they were describing him. And he, he's 22. He's an academy product. And he has done pretty well in pre-season. So they may well actually run with him for the course of the campaign. But they've been speaking very highly of him. So... Um, he looks like a school kid in goal, but he plays his part with excellent save catches and punching. He was clearly overawed at the start, but as he got busier, he grew he grew in confidence. So um, the, 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 the fear I have, I mean, as I said, they've built a good rudimentary 11 out of what they've got. And Monk deserves all credit for that. But they haven't got a lot in as backup. And I worry for the if they get an injury crisis... I think they could be in real trouble. That's my fear for them. They've 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 really got nothing. They, they you know they, they, there's nothing you know the larder's emptied in terms of what they've got on but the pitch. As we as we've said, and we'll repeat this through the whole thing. You use the word rudimentary, eleven system and consistency, mm-hmm. and you, and you'll be fine if yeah. you if yeah. you if you get away from the injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. 
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm a bit worried about this next one, um, <laughs> Harry. So we're going to go to... We're going to go to West Brom and yeah. everybody wants Darren Moore to do well. One, you know, because he's a black manager and there's the diversity argument and we want, you know, we want to, we want to see a, you know, a black manager given a chance. There's always these quotas that they're never given a chance. The other is that he's an English manager and that they never, they never go for these guys. But is the championship going to eat up and spit out Darren Moore, who seems a who seems a lovely lovely bloke, who everybody wants to do well. What's what's going to happen here for West Brom? Um, Big Dave is what they is the his is his affectionate um, name there. They 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 rate him. Um, he obviously had that superb end to last season. They had that five game unbeaten run. They bloodied everyone's noses before they you know, went down in a went down in the blaze of glory, as it were, and. Um, on the one side, they are worried because he doesn't have much. He's another manager. He's a rookie. It's his first time. He doesn't have much experience. And can they keep the feel-good factor from the end of last season? Can they carry that momentum forward? But just looking looking at what they've been doing in the transfer market, he has been very canny. Now, you look at Stoke bringing in names like Tom Ince and James McLean. And um, he's... West, he, he, he's been clever. He's got in Sam Johnson, the um, Man United keeper who was on loan last season at Villa. Villa. Yeah, he's brought in Kyle Bartley who, from Swansea, who I think Swansea shouldn't have let go. Oh, he and was really good for Leeds, he, Leeds, he? him, and, yeah. Pontus Jan, him oh. and Pontus Janssen. They were like an absolute piece of a jigsaw. Yeah. Clicked. They clicked together and mm. it was a, it just, it was like a it was like somebody having their, I often think of a, it's like a spine, you know, you suddenly click a vertebrae back into place and it becomes absolutely, you know, yeah, they were very rock, good. Rock, rock solid, rock solid. So who else has he brought in? Um, it's been Har- uh, 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 Barnes, the young lad from um, Harvey Barnes on loan from Leicester, Leicester yeah. the winger. So, you know, there's no big names. Um, he hasn't, pre-season, they haven't really used people like Craig Dawson, Solomon Rondon, Jay Rodriguez. They're still on the books, but he's kind of almost saying, well, okay, they're there. If I I end up with them fine but if they go well that we'll see what we do with the money um the one question mark i think i'd say is they've been playing with hal robson kanu up front now we do, we were joking about connor salmon yesterday <laughs> and dark fans you get reading fans on the subject of every club has a player where the forum just you know you'll get a 40 page thread <laughs> for fun robson kanu was the player when he was at reading they he just used to drive them mad he was one of the Eight good games a season player when he was unplayable, as we saw when he scored that great goal for Wales against Belgium. You know, you know, he'll have a game like that, and you kind of go like Jet was for us. You kind of come away feeling emotional, and they expect him to do it next week. And hey, presto, it doesn't quite happen. He's been playing. I know in one of the recent friendlies, the final game they played the Cyril Regis Shield game against Coventry. You know, to celebrate the life of the great man, and it's an inaugural thing. They're going to keep doing it. It was a brilliant occasion. But he did play. Can, Robson Kanu up front, and they feel with Ka- Robson Kanu that he's he's a, he's he's a decent striker. Sadly, he just doesn't score enough goals to be a starting striker. They see him more as a switch-up option. So it'll be interesting to see whether Rondon Rodriguez. You'd expect them to go, um, but they could well. You could they could surprise us by suddenly making a late dash for a striker, um, and uh, we'll see where that one goes. Um, uh, in terms of. I have a friend in Bath who's a, who's a West Brom supporter. And to be fair, it's a bit like the Stoke fans. A bit of it was, oh, thank God. We don't have to, you know, we're not on the end of a mad queue for tickets. We're going to play some proper football teams. We can go to grounds Score where we're going goals, to enjoy it. Win some Score games. some goals. And, and I think, you know, there is a little bit of, oh, you know, this, you know. yeah, And, and of course, we all know that the, the championship is one of the most directly ever, ever dull. So, from that point of view, they're not all, you know, they're not crying in their boots about this. They're, a lot of them are kind of quite philosophical about it. Um, yeah, the, the other interesting little theme there is, is, is the pu- legacy of Pulis. I think the, they've been praising, um, they've been praising um, 
uh, Moore because they've been talking about the style of play. It's little. What he's trying to do is he tries with short passing, one, two, one, two, three passing to progress the team up the pitch. And as one of them said, it's not Pulis ball. They say, you know, I think he he really did leave a leave his mark on that team. They said we sounds been, very familiar, um, Harry. Yeah. We've been we have been pulist for quite for quite a while, and I you know I I you know I want to see some stylish football was another quote that we had. So um, interesting. Um, one other player to keep an eye out, out for is um, James Morrison, who it's it's a lot could hang on him, the midfielder. They've used him. He's been playing for them for preseason. He's had a contract and he's negotiating with the club. His fitness he missed a lot of last season, I think, with an Achilles injury. So they're kind of keen. They, I think they want to keep him, and he could be brilliant for them in the championship as a midfielder. But it's it's the old route march. Can he get through forty six games? And how you know can, you know can a bit like it was Goldrick with us? You know he we know he's good enough, but you know you know it just you know can can we keep can we keep him patched together? So um, but yeah. The, um, We'll see what more. I'm, I, you know, looking at his transfer dealings and looking at the way he set the team up to play. He's been clever. He's gone about it the right way, and I think, I, I hope it works for him. I can, I can see it working. They're playing bright football again. That new generation of managers, like we have with Hurst, who are training players to think for themselves on the pitch rather than just imposing the plan that's been given to them. That's that's something else that they talked about. Um, it's just and, so um, so sink or swim, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. There's this. Yeah. You can imagine being a new manager and just looking down at your October when it's not going very well, and you're like, "Oh God, now I've got to go there on Tuesday and there on Saturday, and this guy's yeah. got injured. And I, I, I don't know, I don't yeah. know what I'm, you know, where I'm going or what I'm doing, what I'm doing next. You, it's that ability to think on your, think on your yeah. feet and stay yeah. relaxed that. Um, you know, these... a, touch, uh, a touch of what we talked about with Lampard yesterday that you know you say you've had two uh, you know two poor performances a draw and a defeat or whatever and then you've suddenly got Saturday Tuesday Saturday coming up you suddenly come out of them with nothing and then you've suddenly gone five or six games and the, with, without anything and then suddenly the pressure's on and you've got another game coming up in four or five days time it's it's the relentlessness of it but um we'll see the way they're set up now it's um you know I think Moore seems to have, you know, he seems to have gone about things in a very good way, and um, we'll we'll see. But I'd be, I'm not whether they're good enough to go back up again. I'm just look looking at the team that they he's built. It's um he's kind of gone with four at the back, three in the middle. You've got a back four of, I mean, it's, look at the back four: Craney, Bartley, Hagazi, Gibbs. You know, that's you know, we're, I think we're looking top six here. Livermore and Brunt behind Morrison, Phillips on one side, Barnes on the other, and then at the moment, Robson Canu. It's a well balanced team he's put together, and you could see them getting into the top six. Whether they've enough, they could be a striker short, that mm. might be the thing to kind of get them from that. Could be the difference between those seven or eight goals or ten goals, could be the difference between fifth and sixth, and maybe second or third. Very interesting, good. interesting, very, very good indeed, Harry. Um, and we've done it ourselves. Let, let's let's not cry hypocrisy on this. Everyone's spending so long talking about Borough, Stoke, and West Brom. Nobody is talking about Swansea, who were the other uh, relegated team. Obviously, history says they were famed for building up this passing style, and then um, the Brendan Rodgers stuff in the Premier League, and Michael Lauge up and keeping this going, and from from my from my view I'm not a Premier League expert by any stretch but it kind of just fizzled out didn't it and you know sort of went down with a bit of a whimper last yeah. year all of that legacy of that I don't know how long they were up but I think they won a trophy well when they were up there didn't they they won a they were league won cup a league, under 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 Laudrup yeah won a league cup why is nobody talking about Swansea um it's an inter- it's it's interesting I I don't know what to make of Swansea I really don't they they could they could get promoted or they could just as easily do a Sunderland really they could drop again yes the mood there is I mean the words toxic powder keg um 
And it goes back to one of the things we've talked about in the preseason pieces is the notion of being these progressive small clubs who have a philosophy of play. Well, they were the, they say, were the masters of it. They were the masters of it. And they were seven years in the Premiership, Premier League, I should say, off the back of it. You know, the managers they brought in, you know, they all bought into the philosophy. Rogers, Martinez, it was all, it was incremental progress. And even Guizalin, you could say, and it's, you know, a very a veteran Italian manager knew what he was doing. And back to the owners. The owners, they bring in the American owners, they bring in, and was um, Bradley, um, was he uh, Was he the equivalent of Zola at Birmingham? I don't know if it was as bad as that, mm. but it broke the model. It broke the model. They had a system of playing and suddenly, it wasn't so much that it was, he came in with, with a baseball bat, um, but it was more to do with the fact that suddenly a way of thinking was suddenly fractured. And they they lost their way as a consequence, and as you, it doesn't take much, you know, a five percent degree of confusion can have a twenty percent impact, and they've they've ended up getting relegated. There is a lot of antipathy towards Hugh Jenkins because I th- um, in 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 the area as well, and his and his role in in. In, in how things have played out, but um, we won't. I, would, I won't get into the detail of that. But um, the sense is that um, one of the quotes they gave was, um, and this is where the this is where the Sunderland bit comes in. They said, um, uh, if there aren't signings and if things don't look like picking up on the pitch, I can see things turning very toxic very quickly, rightly or wrongly, is what they were saying. So it could it could go Sunderland. But why why the confusion and why I don't know is because. We had this with Hull in 2015 when they got relegated the first time. And around this time of the year, everybody was digging at the Alums. Everybody, Bruce was there. They hadn't bought any players. They, he wasn't happy that they hadn't changed the name to Hull Tigers or whatever they were going to call it. And they were, they were, it was all kicking off. And hey, presto, because of they had the money, they had the stability of the financial security, and they did bring in some late players. They made it into the playoffs and got promoted. So they have got the money. It's, 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 it's very, very... It's very, very up in the air there at the moment. It, it's hard to say which way this is going to break. The difference, I would say, is is Graham Potter may not be a, a Steve Bruce. And when I was looking at the, the problems Swansea have from a footballing point of view, um, I found myself thinking, you know, this job is perfect for Mick. It really is. It needs someone like Mick and his fire extinguisher to go in there and just literally panel beat the thing into shape let's put together a functional team and then we can take it forward from there it it did it did have that feel to it what what um what sort of audiences do they draw at swansea is there you said about antipathy towards the um towards the owner do, do they have um is it going to be one of these ones where the the, the stadium is going to start emptying out um it's it's they're not they're obviously not on the same scale as Sunderland. I think in terms of audience size, they're not a million miles away from us. I think it's a bit you know when things are going well, I think you're in the twenties. But if things go wrong, I can see you know things will drop into the drop into the teens and possibly into the low teens as well. If um, but it's more to do with the mood. It's quite a Swansea. I think it's quite a place unto itself geographically. It's very much it's a microcosm in that sense. And um, I know from previous work I've done which covered the the southwest region um is I could see you it's it is quite a it's it's a capital of its own fiefdom as it were in the, and and very much it's whereas London clubs are all a little bit more connected with each other and they're all kind of aware of what's going on there's a wider dynamic that you know you can sense a bit like in Sunderland had a similar thing actually you know it's it's a very much a, it's a world unto itself and that that could be that, that that could exacerbate. What, it. what, what do we got um, player wise then? Um, player wise, Harry? player wise is interesting. And there's um, one particularly that uh, you and I know quite a lot about as well. Go ahead, Bursant Selina. Oh, Bursant. Oh, forgive me. Yes, no, I was thinking <laughs> because he's, he hasn't featured for them yet. That's why he's only literally just come in. They like Selina. Yes, forgive me. Yes, they absolutely like Selina. They're excited about him, and they have brought in. They've brought in Joel Osoro. They haven't done much on the buying front. They've brought in Joel Osoro and they've brought in Barry McKay. So I think you're looking at Osoro, McKay, and possibly Selina then playing in as a possibly as a number ten or possibly on the poss- you know po- you know possibly on the on the left side. Um, they, he has been playing. 343 um their big concern is again a lack of midfield steel fulton and carroll in the middle it's very much a bits and pieces team at the moment nordfelt and goal vanderhoorn fernandez and amat played as a back three now fernandez he's the ex-napoli player he could well go in right. the um, 
in in the in you know be, between now and the end of the window. They're also at risk. Alfie Mawson looks like he'll go out the door. Wilfried Boney, Jordan Ayew played in the last game, um, but again he may not you know he may not hang around. And Harry's so, the timing of these sales if they do exactly. go is going to scupper yeah. them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It will do. It really will. No, they. they, they Celia, they're very excited about. I think they they think he's uh you know and he will because of the nature of the squad and the fact that they've a lot of other players have gone. I mean, Bar- I still can't work out. We were saying it earlier where they've lost Sparkly. Obviously, Fabianski's gone. Ki Sun Young, you know, all the you know the all you know the the, the more established uh, uh, Premier League names have all have all have all exit left the building. The squad at the moment, we were saying about very fragmented you look at West Brom squad you look at Stoke squad you can see there's an identity there's a personality there's a shape looking at Swansea as I say you know Nordfeld van der Hoorn Fernandez Amat in the back Norton and Grimes out wide in the four that might change now with the wingers they've got um, Fulton and Carroll in the middle is lightweight they do need another proper midfielder in there I'd say Asoro and Ayu, and then they were playing McBurney up front. So Ollie McBurney, who the Scotland international, he's been given a three-year extension. It was he. A, it was looks he Barns- on that. Like, was he at Barnsley? I think he was. Yes. Oh, I really, yes, I really liked him. Right. He was yeah. like a street footballer, yeah. wasn't he, with his socks down? Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. see many yeah. players like him. He was very entertaining. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, he's. Um, you know, you look at that team and you think, well. Yeah, you know, possibly, possibly mid-table. You know, um, if they can stabilise it. Bearing in mind, though, the other problem with um, Graham, Graham Potter is again, he his his background is with Östersund, the um, the Swedish team. He took them from the Swedish fourth division into Europe. They won the Swedish Cup, and then they memorably played Arsenal last yes. year. So he's got, you know, he's he, yes, obviously he's he's you know he know he knows the English game, but again, you know, we were going back to going back to the the, the alleys, the the blind alleys, and uh, you know, mm. you won't be as you memorably said about Neil Warnock having snipers on every on every <laughs> on every roof. I don't think I think Potter could walk into a few ambushes. You know, again, you know, you find yourself thinking <laughs> if he takes that team to Sheffield United, if he takes that team to the Den, you know, if he takes that team up to Preston, you know, that could be quite a you know, will he be? You know, there's some very streetwise managers out there, and is he is he is he ready? It's it, that's a big that's a big unknown. And um, just, one of their fans. One Sorry, of the fans said many, many feel that this job would be the test for the most battle-hardened and fear he may be out of his depths. That's that was that was that was that was, that was one quarter fans. Your allusion mm. to our previous manager. Just just yeah. quick just yeah. quickly on Selena. If you're a Swansea fan watching this, we can tell you there will be ten to twelve times this season you will be on your feet applauding aghast um, mm. at his brilliance. There may be yeah. thirty to fifty times when he tries to do a one-two on the edge of his own penalty box and gives yeah. the ball away where you might be aghast yeah. for a different reason. But he, he he's a wonderful footballer and he, he could, if he can piece everything together, he could be a brilliant player, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. He could be a talisman for them. He really, really yeah. could if they if if you build the team around him. Um, that absolutely. But um, and I I don't think he's a hot and cold player either. I don't. I'm not sure he's he's error prone, but I don't think he's somebody who going back to J. Emmanuel Thomas who could be, you know world literally world class one week and then nothing for ten weeks. I think there's more consistency with Selena, but just every so often, um, he'll have a brain fart really. <laughs> right, we are going along the M4, Harry. Um, yeah, we're going yes. to Bristol, my, Bristol yeah. City. My, my, my neck of the woods. Your yeah. neck of the woods. Your neck of the woods and is every neck the of the woods, pr- Harry. Hey, indeed. Yeah. Yes, um, this, <laughs> sorry, mate. <It's> like <laughs> this lot. Um, when you talk about progressive, um, it's the first time I've been to their stadium in twenty years. I think last year, and the whole the whole thing is really beautifully all set up now, isn't it? And you yeah. know the rugby team and the events and things all all around the same sort of company and they seem to have a little bit of money i just yeah. cannot get over and you have to talk to me i got sent a glorious video of cringe inducing beauty of lee johnson on the training ground the other day i can't get oh i still can't fathom whether this guy is brilliant or he is david brent nigel atkins ian holloway the 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 second coming but um just on on the football side before you come in harry bristol city 
um, played Ipswich, Portman Road last September, and they were the biggest surprise I saw. They turned up, and I'm like, I think we're going to beat these, and they were excellent. They were really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. unpicked. That went. Yeah, that win didn't surprise me. It really didn't. They were we cut. They were in a purple patch at the time, and mm. they were they they really were flying along. Um, possibly, po- possibly injuries. The cup run, the, you know, they, and and a poor January window didn't help. They juxtaposed. They brought in the epically um, catastrophic Lois Dioni from Saint Etienne on loan, where he, where he is now safely returned. He was on loan, thankfully. They 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 cut. They juxtaposed their transfer. Did, did Lois need Superman, Harry? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here a week. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah, he didn't come with a cape. He didn't come with a cape. <laughs> let's just say, no. I mean, they they contrasted that with Gary Medine going into Cardiff, and particularly Mitrovic going into Fulham. And they said and they got Lois Dioni, and that was uh, you know that it didn't quite happen. Um, let's yeah, looking big picture first. Like Brentford and Preston, two big players went out, Aidan Flint and Bobby Reid. But against that, then, they brought in Adam Webster, who they really like. And they also brought in two up front, Andreas Feynman and uh, Mo Issa, who's this very peppery direct striker from Cheltenham. He's one of these guys, he fears nobody. You know, ball, goal, goal, ball, a bit like Ryan Fraser. You know, just think, right, OK, I'm off. I've got the ball. There's the goal. I'll see you later kind of thing. They they really like him, possibly as an impact sub this year. He's, he's How old is he? He's, he's not that young, actually. He's 24, but he, they've, he's, he, 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 he screams to me to be sort of a bench option who can come on and cause chaos in the last 20 minutes um they but again it's that thing as i say we saw it with preston they lost two brought in two brentford we'll talk about um in another podcast they've done the same thing just this gradual incremental improvement the the model of the team is identical to last four at the back and three in midfield one usually one and one of those playing off the striker um, so, you know, Hunt, Baker, Webster, Bryan across the back four, um, Pack and Brown Hill sitting in midfield as they've had before, Patterson out wide, this is their last game. One player, Nicholas Eliasson, keep an eye on him. He's um, a winger who hasn't really done a lot for them, but he has had an absolutely outstanding pre-season, both in terms of his movement and his dynamism, but also technically. He's been putting crosses in. They've been, they have been raving about him. They, they think, you know, this could be a season when he really comes to the fore. Um, so, on the on the Johnson front, um, th- there's a couple of things. Um, one th- one of which is they've said this now is his team. It's you know he's ha- this is now his. When did he when when did he get when did he first come there? He was, uh, it's, season, it's his third it's his third it's his third full season exactly that. So you know as far as they're concerned, this is his team playing his preferred style of football, and. The question I have, let's look at the attacking players they've got. They've got Isa, this direct peppery lad. They've got Vyman. They've got Milan Juric, who, again, he's he's quite, he scored the goal against us, I think, at their place. A big, tall target man. Very bit, good. A bit of a lump. Not, yeah, but not good with the ball played to him from midfield, but very good if the ball's played to him from out wide. They've got Matty Taylor, who's very good. They got him from Bristol Rovers. Very good at exploiting space. They've got Patterson, um, who they got from Forest a couple of years ago, who can play either in the in, as a striker, because he played really well with Bobby Reid last year, or he can play out wide. And they've got Famara Didou, um, the, the, the athletic striker they got from France last year. So you've got one, two, three, four, five. You've got six decent players there who can make up an attack. And the question I have around Lee Johnson is, does he know how to configure them? Mm. That's that's my problem with him. He's got you know in theory you've it's all there. You've got a fairly decent model. Surely we can put four of those together with a bit of width and a bit of a bit of yeah a bit of imagination and energy, you know, to, to create something. And I still don't know if he's actually worked out how to configure to, to configure the the attack. Reed and Patterson worked last year. That definitely worked in the early part of the season, which was odd because Reed was effectively a midfielder and Patterson, you could say, was probably more of a not so much a winger but a wide a widish midfielder, not a net net striker, but they seem to find the right blend and balance. So that will be, that's the $64,000 question for me with Johnson. They ha- it's not something that Bristol City fans have said, but it's just something I see a lot of them. I, get, I know a lot of them and just listening to them talking. This is just a question that just keeps coming back in my mind. Has he, has he actually figured out how to do them or how to, how, how to, how to use them effectively? I should say. I don't, I don't know yeah. if you, I don't know if you believe in this as a, concept but um johnson has a history also of being a streaky 
manager. So when his when his teams yep. are, are yep. playing well, it's ten fifteen games unbeaten, the pace, yep. everything, and then they'll do the, the is that is that a concept or big? No, you've yes, I should have said this absolutely spot on. I've, one of the things I said. Um, the, the, Others are simply hoping to see an end to the recent pattern of long winning and losing streaks. And one of them said, I'm hoping for upper mid-table with more consistency through the season. I'm just hoping there won't be terrible runs of games like the last two seasons. They want a consistent pattern of results. So, you know, that is, I think, if you were to say to Bristol City, similar position to last year, maybe break into the playoffs, but not to have an eight-game winning or an eight-game losing streak, I think they would, they'd feel, they'd feel very, very happy with that and because it is, it is, it is an issue. Because remember, when we played them a couple of years ago, they had the, I knew, we knew it was going to happen. They'd lost something like eight straight games and then up, along come Ipswich and we'd say, no, no, look, lads, that, we can't have that. We can't have that. Here, let's help. You know, we can, you know, that's, that's, you know, we, we, we can, we, you know, hold my beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you're right as well. Maybe he'll have learned if he's got the options and he wants to play this pacey, pacey, pressing, pressing energy that he's yeah. just going to have to switch the team up a lot. And uh, the other thing I was going to say, Harry, I'm sure you were at the at the game. They had a very, very good young left back um, who was brilliant against us. Um, I, I, I'm sure if they've got Brian, he'll remain a remain a reserve. But I forget his name. He set up the goal for. For Jurich, and I think everybody who came away from the game said he was the man in the match. I think he's one of the young England players, so just possibly look out for him. Yeah. Um, right, this one is going to get dark now, Harry. Yeah. We, we're going to um, we're going to Waitrose Land. Um, mm. We're going nearly up to London now, and we're going to Reading. Yeah. And um, you feel me full of dread when we were chatting on the phone the other day um yeah you're you're not having this are you um i think they're in trouble i really think they're in trouble um sometimes i, I said it in the piece i wrote on twtd sometimes you'll get theatrical melodrama you know everything oh my god we're getting relegated oh my god the wheels are falling off you know this is you know sort of armageddon is here but sometimes it goes beyond that and it stops being melodramatic and beyond Armageddon fear, it's good yeah you know well confected confected Armageddon confected Armageddon you know Armageddon comes you know Waitrose Armageddon it's just, you know, it's a, it comes it comes in many guises no um it's there's fear this this is genuine fear it really is um and it goes it, it all stems around two four nil defeats um there was the 4-0 defeat, which I think you and I witnessed at the Medeski last year, at the end of last season, when they literally fell apart at the end. You know, oh. it was it was it was one of the most remarkable endings to a game I've I've ever seen live. It was I've never witnessed. You know, they literally just disintegrated. Brutal. Yeah, I, I loved but, it, but <laughs> yeah. So let's. I mean, shall we talk about that game first? Because there were there were problems within that. There was a they had a lightweight midfield. Um, at the time, which was um, they had Kelly and Swift, who were both they described them as hobbits at the time, very <laughs> technically gifted players. You had and you had Aluko, who Aluko was sort of heading off to the supermarket halfway through the game. He's he's the one of the, positionally his discipline was appalling. He keeps wanting to drift inside and leaving his fullback completely isolated. You know, it's a guaranteed two v one situation when Aluko's playing. He just doesn't seem to be able to hold. Hold, hold his shape. They also had the problem at the time. They had Bob Barson and Kermigant. Kermigant since now retired, or ter- contract terminated by mutual consent, I should say. He's left the club. Bob Barson is, you know, we may have dodged a bullet there. He was a nearly but not quite striker. He didn't quite, you know, he was one who narrowly missed the big chance kind of thing, but he he wasn't the finisher that they were hoping He's for. He's like Shefki without the goals, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Good way. That's actually very, that's very good. It's a very, very good analogy. Um, Manone as well, because Manone isn't really a sweeper keeper, his confidence was fractured badly playing under Yapstam. I think he was being a asked good to player, play. though. He's a great keeper, yeah. but I think he, there were, Sam was trying to get him to do something. He's a great shot stopper. He's one of these sort of, he's, he's a heroic goalkeeper. He's yes, brilliant. He is, and, yeah. You know, he's, he's 
very brave and 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 really quite a you know somebody who could galvanize the defense you would have thought but and it, it was clear you could see he, he his his confidence was fragile and in fact one of the goals he let him was at the near post it was um was at the third goal he scored spence. i think it was spence yeah he drilled it in um so those were the problems that we encountered in that 4-0 win and then the, well, the confidence just went because it was a game they had to win and our young lads were just running right around the field by the end they couldn't believe this is is this if this is what championship this football is brilliant. Does, this is it's you know you know how good is life um so spool forward to their final pre-season game against crystal palace oh they didn't lose 4-0 again did they it did they did they lost 4-0 <laughs> again and seven of the players manone elori gunter kelly Swift, Aluko, and Barrow all started that game. Nothing has changed. When we left Imadeski, I remember thinking, right, they've got the, you know, Clement's a decent manager, Paul Clement's a decent manager. He'll have the summer. He'll be able to put things together, you know, bring a few players in, chop and change a few things, and hopefully give the team a better balance and give them some, you know, fix some of the structural problems that there were. Reading the comments about it, I know it was a preseason friendly, but um, you know, one of them says they said that Zaha and Van Anholt twigged very quickly that Aluko, who was playing on the right on the right side, that he was he was he was all over the pitch, and poor old Andy, um, uh, 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 Yadam, the 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 fullback who they got from, um, I think it's Barnsley, Barnsley, Andy Yadam, that's right. He was being isolated two on one, and then sort of Laurie's getting pulled out, and the defence is suddenly. The, the shape of the defence is all over the place. They've brought Mailer in, David Mailer, and um, they've brought John O'Shea in, which is an odd one because he's, he, you know, he's now thirty-seven. I'm not sure what he can do in terms of maybe. The, there, know, he's, he's, what he's I will some, say, I saw Fulham Sunderland at the end of last season. He's one of the most vocal, yeah. um, chatty players you'll ever see. So that might be right. very, very deliberate. That's, Literally yeah. talks yeah. that. Talks that he's like John Terry in yeah. obviously he's not even in the same stratosphere as no I suppose he's probably won won a lot but yeah. um, you know how John Terry literally just talks for the entire ninety minutes yeah. he's very much like that sorry go ahead no no you're absolutely no totally uh, that 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 makes sense actually that could be they, it could it could be for, the, for you know to give them some leadership on the pitch because that was painfully painfully missing um, in certainly in our game. Um, but they, as I say, Mailer, Mailer has come in, and again, he David Mailer, he'll hopefully give them a little bit of stability, and and you know he was sitting, he was anchoring the three of them in midfield, and they've recently they brought Sam Baldock in as a striker from Brighton. Now that was subsequent to the Palace game, so maybe again he could act a focal point and maybe help because Barrow was a problem. I remember when we played them, he was he was quite a handful. But um, but on the, on but the podcast, he, Mikey described him as a speedboat without a driver. <laughs> which I thought was very good that's brilliant yeah that is brilliant yeah he's um Barrows you know he's he is a threat but he can't do it on his own and it could be I remember them saying before the game that if teams can shut Barrow down they kind of you know as an attacking threat Reading then really have nothing I mean we we totally dominated their midfield as Palace did and they were able to find ways in, ways in. Gunter they switched over now he's playing because he's normally been a right back they switched him over to left back against Palace which he can do but again you've all these it's it's kind of qu- it's fixes it's 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 not it it's it's it looks it all looks a little bit remedial um they they genuinely fear the worst um and it's it's hard to say one of them said uh, he said uh, we've got 60% of a good team and that's not you know that that's that's simply not enough um and the other problems they that finally the, the, the kind of the, to rub salt in the wound George Evans has gone to Derby, one of the so midfielders. Not very much and money. No, no, exactly. And but just equally, now we were talking about Derby, and is he going to be another Sorry, one Frank of the little, you know, one of the lightweight midfielders? Which, which, that, that, Frank, Lamp, for, Frank Lampard's Derby. Come forgive on, me. Um, but whether whether or not he w- sorry, forgive me if I. Um, but um, it'll be interesting to see because you know again another kind of rather than a kind of a big heavy you know heavy duty Ron, Ron Darby now Frank Lampard's Darby um, but it's more you know he's another kind of slightly light technically mobile player I wouldn't I wouldn't describe him as necessarily being steely but um but he's gone but crucially the big player that 
who handed in a transfer request was Liam Moore this week, mm. and that has absolutely floored them because for him he was, you know, he you know he's he's, he's he was one of the year I believe. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, I'm not even sure that I have I haven't I've seen the odd. There's no big press hype about him being linked with anybody, but it's the fact that the fact that a player of that status suddenly says, right, I'm I'm off. Um, you know, um, what did one of them say about it? Um, they they described Moore's Moore's transfer request. They said, um, you can't really blame him. He clearly knows what's going to happen this season. It'll be interesting to know what's driven him to this point, though, as he always has given a lot, even when things were going wrong. Um, I don't know. It's we'll see what happens. Two, um, but, um, two quick questions for you, Harry. How can yeah. you be? Carlo Ancelotti's right-hand man and not be able to manage Reading is one on Clement. And two, do you find that certain grounds can become... You know, if you go to Millwall, it's inhospitable for the away team, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to play there. And Mm. when they do get on the back of their own, it's it's very much in a this-isn't-good-enough-do-better way, yeah? Yeah. Um, And it, it can be motivating, for them um i would say yeah i went to reading quite mm. a few times last season and it's almost easy to go and play there if i know Ipswich are terrible there but um it's very awkward i remember tyler blackett having an awful game it was against Millwall yeah. actually and yeah the reading fans buried him oh, it was just uncomfortable and he came on as a That's sub and then got subbed off again and i was also there in the freezing cold against Sheffield United and oh god I, know, I think I know that I think I remember that game yeah it was yeah a, you know, what, um, what are we doing so, here <laughs> yeah just uh, just quickly it was, it was good good fun there, there was a there was a very funny goal with a throwing that didn't get given back I love I love seeing stuff like that in the in the game it's like oh I've seen that happen where they kick it out for a throw and it doesn't quite get given back but um yeah. quickly on Clement and then on the actual dynamic of that stadium mm. On Clement, I don't know. They 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 talked. You 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 fear this could be his last. If this doesn't work out, he could quietly then disappear from view. I mean, they described the team as being slow, slow and laboured. Um, uh, well, the the optimist in me was hoping Clement would have had the summer to sort out his team and tactics and move from the dirge survival mode football to something where he could impose his playing style. From that perspective, pre-season has been a disaster. Um, you know, they're saying, I'm judging Clement in all of his games. This team has absolutely nothing. No goals, no defence, no spirit, no character. Uh, you know, the, it, it, the assessment is that he actually hasn't done anything to reshape or remodel or to reinvigorate the team. So you kind of wonder, you know, is, could he be a brilliant assistant manager? Hmm, yes. As for the stadium, my experience, I've... A little bit. I've been. Uh, April was my eighth visit to the Medeski, and I had witnessed seven defeats <laughs> until this particular one. And when they're doing well, they do a great line in sneering sarcasm, particularly the crowd on the right of right, the away yeah, fans. Yeah. They do it really, really well, and it's good fun. And they can, you know, they, you know, they, they, they you know, they'll take it as well. To be fair, but it's a, uh, but um, but the thing that struck me was when things weren't going well, apathy set in. And there were, I mean, this was a game at the end of the season. They had to win it because they were off to Cardiff on the final day of the season. And they couldn't guarantee getting anything out of that. And the, the trap door was open. And there was a sense, when this, particularly when the second and third goals went in, the third one in particular, um, oh, let's beat the traffic. Yeah. And the place just emptied. And I remember thinking, this is, you know, I'm not sure. that You would expect there to be anger. If, if, if it was Leeds, if it was Millwall, if it was... Sheffield United and a team had failed to turn up in the way they did. You would expect the crowd to turn on them, to you know, to just to you know, just to say, look, what on earth are you doing? We we need you, and you're letting us down. And the, the, it, that didn't happen. Now we don't we don't know what the backstory was. Whether they'd been watching, whether whether they they'd given up before the game, and they, they, this was just doubts being confirmed or not. But um, it's not. It's it's a very different model of ground to certainly to Millwall. I would say you know you go to Millwall, they want to they want to frighten you, they want to intimidate you, and you know what you're getting. And that that's you know that's fair, fair enough. Um, not the case at Reading, I have to say. It was it was a very strange game. Mm, interesting times ahead for them. Right, yeah. Harry, we've done another 
six. So that is 18 out of the 24. Obviously, yeah. 23 if you include um, if you don't include Ipswich. Um, yeah. We're going to be back. Where we're going to go to London. We've there's um, we've four left to tr- to have a look at. Where there's the three London teams. We've got um, Brentford, uh, Queens Park Rangers, and Millwall. And then we'll take a little pootle up the A140 and see what's going on in Carrow mm, Road. Always, always popular on YouTube. Um, Harry, where can we um, find you on Twitter? Um, at Harry from Bath. And there are links to all of the the little... I've, I've done a series of um, pre- individual club previews. And there, if you go on there on my Twitter feed, you'll see them all just listed there and you can click on any of them. And they give you all the basic comings and goings, the broad mood in the camp, recent um, starting 11s from pre-season games. So you get a... It just gives you a sense of, 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 and, of what's, what's going on. And what I would say, Harry does write for a... It is a Ipswich Town fan site. But what I would say is if you are a fan of a of an opposition team i think it's a good a good landing point if you're going to come to the game to you know get a bit of an introduction isn't it right harry um they haven't turned up to measure the kitchen so i think we timed this quite well um do you remember we did three takes of this and you revealed the secret to immortality in the first one are you are you not going to say that or is that just going to be consigned to the vaults of history and lost into the ether the secrets of immortality Bless me, I can't remember. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. See you soon, Harry. Okay. Cheers, Ben. Thank you. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.